0: Welcome to the Crosswalk Church Podcast, Phoenix, Arizona. I want to introduce someone really special to you this morning. Uh, His name is Joe Dietrich. He is going to be delivering this morning's message on prayer. Joe and I go back many, many years to a country in central africa where i lived for fourteen years many of this many of you know this about me that i lived as uh, a missionary in zambia for fourteen years joe was a colleague there uh... joe was actually he had the courage to go on a two thousand mile journey uh... with me from zambia to cape town we drove down there uh... it took about three weeks we survived. We only got in one or two major fistfights during that whole time. It wasn't bad at all. Um, and, uh, and we're still friends. And he's going to come this morning. Come on out, Joe, and uh, deliver the message on prayer to you. So I'm so appreciative that Joe is here all the way from Michigan. We actually did not get in any fistfights. Don't write me emails about that. We didn't, that didn't happen. Okay? But, yeah. but we, did, we did get along famously, and I'm yeah. really happy that you're here this morning. Joe, it's all
1: yours. Thanks. It's, it's a privilege to be here, and uh, it's, it's, in my mind, a real special gift to be able to travel and to come to a, a place of worship in another state and be able to say, we are hearing the word of the one Lord, one God, one Savior, who is for all and, and gives us all his message of love and grace, and uh, it's a real privilege to be here. We're continuing our series of sermons or messages on, uh, on the foolishness of God and the foolishness of God of how God actually listens to our prayers. I've got to tell you a story how I met uh, Pastor Gunn, Pastor Jeff. Uh, we were on our way to Zambia, my family, I had, with my wife, and we had three children, age five and under, and we're moving. And we're in the airplane, and we had 10 carry-on bags, 10 bags underneath. I mean, I, I looked like a walking suitcase when I walked off on or off the plane. Two of our kids were walking. The other one we had to carry. And we landed in Lusaka and get off the plane, and we gather our luggage, and Everything is different. It smells different. I've heard, lang- I heard languages I'd never heard before. And even the English that was spoken was in an accent that I had never heard before. As we gather our, all of our kutundu, we call it down there, and get in the line at customs. And, and the line is long and slow and we're pushing up pushing up, and I think, I wonder where a missionary is. I don't see anyone that I recognize. Well, at least I've got my passport, and I've got my copy of the work permit so I can get through customs. I'm I'm all set. And after about 15 minutes, we, we finally get to the customs officer, and I show all the passports. I show my paper, and he says... You need the original. This is not good. So they loaded up my family and pushed us into a side, a little warm room to the side with hard chairs, and they said, you're going to have to get the original to get into the country. And uh, so I found some kind of phone number for Pastor Jeff, and there was a phone that looked like it was about 20 years old. It actually worked. I called Jeff, and, and he was, shall I say, in stride. He was going full speed. He was a little bit late. And when he got there, he was smiling. And he had the original. And once he showed the original, then they said, you're free to go. And I have many fond memories of those years in Zambia. And uh, the guns welcomed us as if we were family right from the minute uh, we met them. The reason I tell this story is I think it relates to prayer. Because if that's what it takes to get into a country, your passports or work permit, what does it take you think, to talk with God. I mean, if that's what it takes just to get into a country, what would it, how many of you have spoken with a president or a congressman or a leader of a nation personally? Anyone? I haven't. Then isn't it amazing that God this morning talks to us about the privilege of speaking to the God of the heavens who hears and listens to us. It's it's mind-boggling, and it gets to even the point of of, uh, foolishness to us because it's such a mind-boggling thing. We don't even talk to our own governor, but we can talk to God. I'd like you to listen to the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 7, beginning at verse 7. And here's what Jesus says to us about prayer. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks the door will be opened. Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do for you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. Isn't that an amazing, an amazing promise? He says, ask, seek, find, and it will be given to you. And it's, it's an amazing promise, but there's a little problem there. Did you see the problem as we read through? There's a little problem Isaiah the prophet talks about it in these words. He says, but your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. Did you see where Jesus mentions that? Where, where, Where does he say it? He says, if you then, though you are evil, Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much will your father in heaven? Though you're evil, your father in heaven. This These words from the Lord come to us from his Sermon on the Mount. And in his Sermon on the Mount, he's, it's early in his ministry, and he's already very popular. Crowds of people are following him just about everywhere he goes. And, and they're following him not only because he, he's doing miracles, but also because he's His teaching is like no one else. He's taking... One of the things that he does is he takes homespun wisdom, things that people take for granted that's true, and turning it on its head. He's, He's making people think as he teaches. Everything they thought they knew about religion is... they have to rethink it. And... The Sermon on the Mount is filled with this type of thing. He starts out with saying, like this, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. What? Are you kidding me? Blessed are the meek? We'll get steamrolled if we're meek. Or another example is, a little bit later, he says... um, You've heard that it's been said, an eye for an eye. But I tell you, love your enemy. And what? Do you know who my enemy is? And I'm supposed to love him? And Jesus gets their attention with these things, these counterintuitive things, these, these paradoxes. He says, when I speak to you, it may sound like foolishness, but it's the truth. And here, here in, his, in his words on prayer, it's a similar thing. Now, many people will talk about the foolishness of prayer. Some will say prayer is foolish because they simply scoff at the idea of God and say, there is no God and, and how, can, how can your prayer help? We're not going to talk about the skeptics and the unbelief this morning although people talk about prayer that way what we're going to talk about this morning is we're going to assume that God is almighty and God is here and yet still what is it that makes prayer amazing even foolish for you and for me the amazing thing is, is that he asks, he commands, he tells sinners to come to him and he will hear and answer those prayers. Why is it so amazing that you would think that it, uh, he would listen to a sinner? Well, let's go back to that airport story. Go back to the airport story. What if I had said to the customs agent, Well, look, just let me in. These papers, that's not important. This passport's not important. Just let me in. He'd hear me, but he wouldn't listen, right? Or if Pastor Jeff had come in and said, oh, we didn't worry about those papers. Just, just let him come on, and he's a friend of mine. They might have heard him, but would they listen? No, the fact of the matter is, is if you want the authorities to listen to you, you need to obey the law. If you disobey the law, you won't be listened to. And so that's the same thing with God. He says your sins have separated you from God. So by every right, we don't, there's a a broken piece there, a wall, a barrier between us and God. And in that, in the Old Testament worship, God pictured this. We have a He pictured this in their Old Testament worship uh, in a very picturesque way. They had the tabernacle, and by the way, this morning I saw how, they, how a crosswalk picks up and, and fix, puts everything in place here every week. This is what the Israelites had in the desert. They carried their worship place of worship with them, and they would set it up, and they set it up in a big. It was a big rectangle, and they had walls around the outside. And inside, there were two smaller places called the Holy Place and the Holy of Holies. And the people could come into the courtyard inside the walls, but they could not go to the Holy Place or the Holy of Holies. Only the priest. And only the priest, he would take a sacrifice and go to the Holy of Holies. He would sacrifice the animal. The blood was shed. It was sprinkled in that place. And then he would come out and tell the people the great news that your sins are forgiven. So both the problem and the solution are pictured here, day after day, year after year. Sinners cannot come to God. There's a barrier. But... There is a way, there is through the reconciliation, through a sacrifice, yes, God will go through that sacrifice and then declare that you are at peace, your sins are forgiven. And all of this is a picture of Jesus, for the Bible tells us that Jesus himself came And he went and and gave his life as a sacrifice for our sins. It tells us that when the time had fully come, that God sent his son, born of a man, born born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under the law. And we've got some passages on our notes. We're told, uh, and Pastor Gunn mentioned this earlier in the baptism, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Sin for us, so that we are called children of God. That's the next passage. On your notes, you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with christ here's the solution god changes us into his adopted children through forgiveness and calls us his own sons his own children and with that we then call on our god as our father and we pray to him and then there's this passage here from hebrews chapter 4 Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. That's how God fixed the problem of prayer. Jesus said, yes, you have sinned. We talked about that earlier in the service. And we have sinned in our thoughts, our words, our actions. We fail to do what's right. We've done what is wrong. But thanks be to God that he has forgiven our sins in Jesus. He's provided a way for us to be called his children. And therefore, prayer then is a gift that God gives to us A way in which we can speak with him and ask him for what we need to live as his children. Our uh, our notes here tell us that how we pray then, since it is God gives us forgiveness. The first attitude of prayer is we pray with penitent and thankful hearts with penitent hearts because God has opened a door because Jesus has opened the way for me to, to come to my father in heaven, call him my father when I really, I don't deserve that honor, but he's opened the way to heaven for me. My first attitude, my heart attitude is penitence, humble gratitude that, wow, wow, I don't deserve this, God, but thank you. I come to you without pride, but with prayer. There's some examples in the in the Bible. This week at home, you can read about David in Psalm 51. He gives an example of prayer when he of penitent prayer when he he says uh, to when he, when he. When he says that create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. That's an example of a penitent prayer. Another one is Jesus told this story in Luke chapter 18 about the tax collector. He said there's two men in the pr- temple praying. One was a Pharisee standing there saying, oh, Lord, I'm, I'm glad I'm not like other people. I, I give you great, I give you 10% of my wealth. I do this, I do that. Thank you, Lord. And then there was another man, the tax collector. He was in the back. He didn't, he, he didn't even have the courage to raise his head. And he said, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. And then Jesus asked the question, which one of them went home justified? You know the answer, don't you? The one with a penitent heart went home with the blessing of God. So we pray with penitence. We also pray. We also pray with persistence persistence or perseverance i don't know which word you like better but i used i decided i we'll try to remember the p words this morning we pray with a penitent heart we pray with a persistent heart and persistent attitude and or perseverance jesus speaks to us in our in our text about about such perseverance and persistence he says Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened for him. Jesus wants us to pray with perseverance. I was on the plane flying down here on Saturday, and I saw there's a, there's a little girl and... and You know how the shades go up and down on the side of the, that you can close. And she found out that if she pulled it down, it could close. So she pulls it down, and she pulls it back up. And she tried to pull. And pretty soon, Mom got tired of this, and she, so she reached out, and Mom would go like this. As soon as Mom let go, she'd reach out. As soon as she let go, she'd reach out. And she, she, she just wanted to pull that shade up and down again and again and again. And perseverance. God wants that kind of perseverance in our prayers. Ask, seek, and find. It's like a, a graduating intensity. First you ask, you seek. And then you you knock. And all three of these words are present tense. And they are called imperatives or commands. In what Jesus is saying, he says, I want you to keep on asking and keep on knocking and keep on coming to my door again and again. And you will find An answer, you will find my blessing as you continue this, and I want you to continue. Keep it up. And there's some there's some wonderful examples of perseverance in the Scripture about people of God who persevered in prayer. One of them is in right in the first book of the Bible in Genesis chapter eighteen, Abraham. The Lord had revealed to Abraham that. Sodom and Gomorrah, he was ready to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah because of the city's wickedness. And immediately, Abraham went and he turned to the Lord in prayer. And he said, Lord, what if there are 50 righteous people in this city? Will you spare the city if we can find 50 righteous The Lord answered, yes. Abraham thought for a minute. He said, well, what if there's only 45? Will you still spare the city? The Lord said, yes. He thought another minute. He said, how about 40? Yes. 30? 30? Yes. 20? Yeah. All right, this is the last one, God. 10. And the Lord said, Yes. If I find 10, I will spare the city. You notice how Abraham prayed with perseverance, and he was also praying for other people, for believers good example to us. The Lord heard his prayer. There's another example of perseverance in prayer, and, and, and it's really quite an amazing one. Um, well, uh, there's, there's another one in the Old Testament, Daniel. Daniel was so, he was a high leader in the government, and He was known by his colleagues to be a man of prayer. In fact, so much so that they framed him on the basis of his prayer life. They knew that when Daniel went home for lunch, he didn't go home for drinks and this and that, and then and and to waste the rest of the day after that. He went home to pray. So they said, oh King, let's pass a new law. Anyone who prays to anyone but you for the next thirty days is going to be thrown into the den of lions." Passed the law, signed it, stamped it, and the next day Daniel went home to pray as he had always prayed. And he was convicted. They threw him in the den of lions, but guess what? The Lord saved him. And what a wonderful example for perseverance in prayer, even in times of persecution. When other people think, Boy, are you, are you dumb for going to church on a Sunday morning? What do you get out of that? What do you mean you, you go to a Bible class? Why do you do this? Why do you, why are you here? And the Lord promises he blesses those who persevere in their prayer and in their faith he blesses you who continue to go to him and listen to him there's one other example in in the scripture that i think is is really phenomenal it's it's i have it in here the frantic mother her daughter is suffering from a demon possession and jesus is is up by Tyre and Sidon. He's outside of the borders of Israel. He's in in a Gentile country, or oh, he'd crossed the border. And there's a Canaanite woman who came up to him, and, and he's busy. And she said, Lord, help me. And he didn't answer. In fact, she kept saying, Lord, help me so much that his disciples said, Can you get rid of her? She's becoming a bother. And finally Jesus said, um, he said, I was only sent to the lost sheep of Israel. And she kept on. She said, Lord, will you help me? And then Jesus answered to her, he said, Can you believe this? He said, it's not right to throw food to the dogs. He called her a dog. And you know what she answered? She said, yes, Lord. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that come from their master's table. That's perseverance. And you know what Jesus then said to her? He said to her, woman, great is your faith. And her daughter was healed from then on. May we, from these examples, see perseverance in our prayers. Continuing to go to our God And knowing that he hears. But then, sometimes we do persevere in our prayer. And the answers still don't come. Ever been in that situation? You pray, and you are persevering in your prayers, but the answers are just not coming. The the Lord, and sometimes, and you get into that situation and you start to wonder, Does he hear me? Does he really care? You pray for someone who has cancer and the cancer gets worse. You pray for someone in a a marital struggle and the struggles get worse. You pray for someone else and it gets worse. Or there's no answer at all. And you start to wonder, is he hearing me? Jesus speaks to that in, in, our, in our message here. He says, Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to your, those who ask him? He's, Jesus is setting up the scene that as sometimes we start to wonder if God, our Father in heaven, is really good. Why did this child die? Why is there this illness? Why these troubles? Why my depression? Why my struggles? My illness. The prayers aren't being answered the way I want. Prophet Habakkuk had that situation in the Old Testament. Listen to him. He says, How long, O Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen, or cry out to you violence, but you don't save? Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. Their strife and conflict abounds. Therefore, the law is paralyzed and justice never prevails. That's what Habakkuk saw. He saw a world spinning out of control, and he's praying and not getting the answers he wants. But listen to what Habakkuk did. Because there's times when we will pray... And we don't get the answer we want. Is that true? Are there times when you pray and you pray and you pray and you wonder, is God really listening? I know I've prayed about a lot of things these last few years, they didn't turn out the way I wanted them. What do I do? What do you do? What did Habakkuk do? Listen to Habakkuk. What Habakkuk did. He said, I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint. Did you hear what Habakkuk did? Should I read that again? I will look to see what he will say to me. What is Habakkuk's answer to unanswered prayer? He opens his Bible. And he waits with patience, trusting that God will give an answer. And that's the third point. We pray with patience, trusting god that he will show us an answer right now it looks totally out of control i don't know the answer i don't know how this is going to be solved i don't know why god is acting the way he's acting but i'm not going to give up on faith and i'm not going to say he's i'm not going to accuse him of being an unloving father in heaven he is he knows what's good for me better than I know myself. Because after all, if we stop to think about it, if God did everything we asked him to do in our prayers, what would he become? Our puppet? God is not our puppet. He's not our person to just say, Hep, do this, do this, do that. No, he's the Lord of heaven and earth, and he knows what's good for us better than we do ourselves. And so we pray with patience, trusting in his answer. What a special gift prayer is. Wrap this up here this morning about the, the gift of prayer. The thing I want you to remember is prayer is for us and for all it is a gift that god gives to us through the forgiveness of sins that jesus won prayer is our passport if you will that god gives to us through jesus blood and sacrifice it's a passport marked with the cross of christ and with that he allows us into the throne room of heaven And I don't know if I'll ever I don't think I'll ever get my hands around this to to, but just think in an amazing way God promises to, if necessary, move heaven and earth to answer your prayer, your prayer, or mine. Can this be true? Is that foolishness? That he would move heaven and earth to answer a prayer of someone like me? It's foolishness to our mind, but God promises it's true. And we know, this we know, that he who did not spare his only son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not fail to grant us All good things in the name of Jesus. If he gave his son. Yup. He'll listen to our prayers and he'll do what is good for you and for me. I pray that this has been a blessing for you to consider prayer. We're going to close with these three steps in the next steps in the crosswalk. I'd like to encourage you. To set aside a regular time of prayer that you keep daily. Whether that's morning or evening or whatever is good for you. Set aside a special time of prayer to you and your God. And by the way, when you pray, keep his word next to you so that you can listen for answers. Review the Lord's Prayer and you can remember that the key components of a god pleasing prayer by remembering the lord's prayer your kingdom come your will be done forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us that's a wonderful way to review a god pleasing prayer the components one and finally memorize and meditate on hebrews 4:15 and 16 and in that, in that verse, we, we, we are reminded that we have a great high priest who went before us and that Jesus is, is our great high priest and he was, he was without sin. And then because of that, he says to us in, he says, let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Jesus opens up the gates of heaven through his love. Foolishness of prayer. May God grant us all the wisdom to make use of this wonderful, wonderful gift, this amazing gift that he gives to us. We pray. Heavenly Father, what an amazing gift it is to be able to speak with you, the ruler of heaven and earth. For we, we, your people, we don't even have the opportunity, most of us even to speak with our earthly rulers, but here you open the doors of heaven for us to speak with you to respond in gratitude to the forgiveness of sins that Jesus has won for us. We ask that you send your Holy Spirit into our hearts. Fill us with faith so that we continue to pray with penitent hearts, with perseverance, with patience, and trusting that you will work all things out for good for your children. We thank you for the time together in this, your house this morning and under in listening to your word and your message. We ask that you continue to strengthen our hearts, help us in our lives of prayer and service to you. In Jesus name we pray. Amen.